but I'm just a rock chick. I would describe my music and my sound as Avril The best damn thing. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast, a facts and trivia-based podcast about Canadian pop singer Avril Lavigne. I'm your host, Andrea DeFrancesco. So since it's been a while since the last episode, there has been so much stuff that's happened with Avril. As I'm sure you've seen, lots of exciting stuff that's happened. And so we're definitely going to run through it all in this episode, in this bonus edition. And as always, I'm going to start kind of run through everything that's happened with Avril, all the major events that have happened, and then give my thoughts and opinions on some of it at the end. So in early August, John Feldman gave an interview to Chorus.fm where he discussed working with Avril on Love Sucks, as well as the re-recording of Here in Your Bedroom for Goldfinger. He said, I mean, Avril was easy. She was at the house almost every day for the year 2021. And so she was just here and I just had those songs recorded. I had those three records done and I just figured it'd be really, really cool to make Here in Your Bedroom a duet. And so we turned Here in Your Bedroom into a duet and she just killed it. It sounds amazing. I love the idea of being with a girl in the inner apartment and hooking up with them and then having the girl's perspective where it was only my perspective from before. Now it's like, what is she thinking? Which is really cool. End quote. On his role as a producer for Love Sucks, he said, My main job is to keep the ship heading in the right direction. For example, Avril said, I want to make a pop punk record. So when the songs would come in, there'd be a ballad or there'd be something that's a little more rock driven. It was my job to say, hey, let's stay on track and let's stay the course with what your initial concept was, which was to make a pop punk record. And so that was my job. But it's also to be a psychologist and to be a friend and to play guitars and to help write songs and come up with great anthemic choruses. I mean, my job is pretty all inclusive. I play a lot of the instruments on most of the records I make and most of the artists I work with want me to write with them. So my job really is all over the place. End quote. On August 6th, Avril attended a Lady Gaga concert in Toronto with Fifi Dobson and Nelly Furtado. She also snapped photos with Drake and Lil Wayne at the Young Money reunion show in Toronto. On August 7th, she posted Instagram stories with Fifi Dobson from backstage during Shania Twain's set at the Boots and Hearts Music Festival and took a photo with Shania backstage. On August 8th, a snippet of Avril's version of the Head Above Water outtake, Lucky Ones, began circulating, with the full version leaking on August 10th, which was later removed from YouTube. Previously, only a demo sung by Lauren Christie had been available. The same day, John Feldman did an interview with Rock Sound discussing his collaboration with Avril on the Goldfinger track, Here in Your Bedroom. On August 10th, Avril was announced in the lineup of performers for the Academy of Country Music Honors event to be taped on August 24th at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville and aired on September 13th. On August 12th, Avril appeared at Emo Night with Machine Gun Kelly at 27 Club Coffee in Columbus, Ohio, prior to finishing the U.S. leg of the mainstream sellout tour. They DJed and sang to songs like A by MGK, Grow by Willow featuring Avril, and Avril's own song Skater Boy. She also confirmed in a tweet to a fan that she would like to record a remix of A by Machine Gun Kelly. On August 13th, Avril completed the U.S. leg of the mainstream sellout tour at First Energy Stadium in Columbus, Ohio. After the show, they went to FWD Day and Night Club, where they performed Skater Boy and Boys Lie together. On the same day, an extremely low-quality version of the previously leaked Love Sucks outtake, Joker, was pitched down and registered with TuneCore under the artist name Joker Girl, with the song retitled as Second Chance. This strongly indicates someone may have stolen the song and re-registered it for their own use and profit. On August 14th, a scrap track from the Avril Lavigne sessions leaked, a duet with Chad Kroger called If I Said I Loved You, which was played as the first dance at their wedding back in 2013. They had initially said they would release the song officially, but never did. On August 17th, Amazon France posted a preliminary listing for the Love Sucks vinyl to be released on November 25th, 2022, exactly nine months after the initial release of the album. The same day, Avril tagged MGK in an Instagram story of a photo of acoustic guitars with the caption, Should We Record Boys Lie Acoustic? She followed with a photo of a recording mic. 
On August 20th, the clothing brand Killstar revealed they collaborated with Avril for a collection. The collection was launched on August 22nd for VIP members and released to the general public on August 24th. On August 21st, Rolling Stone magazine published an interview where Avril discussed the inspiration for the collection. On the same day, Avril tweeted that the Boys Lie music video would be released later that week. Head Above Water was featured in the Hallmark film Groundswell, which aired on August 21st. On August 22nd, MTV posted a throwback video called Prelude, detailing Avril's first appearance at the VMAs in 2002. On August 23rd, a new unreleased track leaked called Fall Into the Sky, co-written with Rick Knowles. There is some debate about whether the song is from Let Go or Under My Skin. However, it is rumored that it was intended to be released on the Let Go 20th Anniversary Edition, but was pulled. The same day, the previously leaked snippets of the Love Sucks outtakes Hallelujah and California featuring Modson both leaked in full. Another track called Rock Boyfriend featuring Marshmallow also leaked. A snippet of another track called Shut Up was also leaked. The same day, Avril posted new photos on Instagram and confirmed the deluxe edition of Love Sucks will be released later this year, but did not specify when. Additionally, she posted a story to Instagram in the recording studio and mentioned she had written six songs. Producer Tommy Prophet confirmed to be working with her in his studio. It is currently unknown if these songs will be used for the deluxe edition of Love Sucks, the next album, or may never be released at all. Demi Lovato sang a bit of Keep Holding On for Elle magazine's Song Association game. On August 24th, Avril did an interview with Nylon Magazine, where she confirmed she would be receiving her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame at the end of August. She also confirmed she is currently working on the storyline with the director and writer of the Skater Boy film. Avril also uploaded a new TikTok dancing to the song Man I Feel Like a Woman by Shania Twain while attending the ACM Honors event in Nashville. She wore a custom black and leopard print outfit designed by Ashton Michael and presented Shania with the ACM Poets Award. She performed No One Needs to Know off Shania's 1995 album The Woman in Me, a song Avril previously covered in her teen years. She also met backstage with Shania, Miranda Lambert, Kelsey Ballerini, and Tiara Kennedy. On August 26th, Avril released the acoustic version of Boys Lie featuring Machine Gun Kelly. She also released a tour montage video for Boys Lie directed by Nathan James and a new line of merch, including a Boys Lie hoodie, t-shirt, and tote bag. The clothing brand ASOS released a new Bite Me Tour t-shirt with the Canadian tour dates on it. On August 28th, Avril attended the MTV Video Music Awards at the Prudential Center in New Jersey. She conducted a Q&A on Twitter prior to the show and wore an all-black ensemble by Versace. She presented the award for Best New Artist to Dove Cameron and also participated in the opening performance of First Class by Jack Harlow and Fergie. However, Avril lost the VMA for Best Alternative Video to Minuskin. On August 30th, Avril did an interview with Variety, which mentioned Avril will be releasing another album soon, but it is unknown if they are simply referring to the deluxe edition of Love Socks or Avril's eighth studio album. On August 31st, Avril received her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame at 11.30 a.m. She wore a red and black plaid suit, then later changed into the same hoodie she wore when she first visited the Walk of Fame at 16 years old and recreated the photo laying on top of the star. Machine Gun Kelly and John Feldman both spoke at her induction ceremony, and other friends and family were in attendance, such as Lauren Christie, Evan Taubenfeld, Joel Madden, Ryan Cabrera, and Avril's brother Matt. Avril is the 2,731st person to receive a star in the category of recording, and her star is located at 6212 Hollywood Boulevard. Anna Martinez, producer of the Hollywood Walk of Fame, said of the decision to give Avril a star, This isn't complicated. Avril Lavigne is very deserving of this Walk of Fame star, and we are thrilled to be honoring her with this great honor. Avril's fiancé, Modson, also gifted her with a diamond necklace with a star pendant and a custom engraving of the ceremony date, along with the statement, A Star Forever. Additionally, August 31st, 2022 was officially declared Avril Lavigne Day by the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce. 
On September 1st, a pre-order listing was posted by HMV for a Japanese tour edition of Love Sucks with a release date of November 2nd. The tour edition will be two discs featuring the original 12 tracks of Love Sucks, the acoustic version of Bite Me, her previous singles, and two unnamed tracks. Avril also gave an interview with ET where she revealed she has a new collaboration coming out in a couple of months but did not reveal the artist. Many fans have speculated she may have worked with Taylor Swift on her upcoming 10th studio album Midnight's out in October, but this is not confirmed. And on September 2nd, the YouTube channel The First Take posted a video of Avril singing a song of her choice in one take. And I will say too, at the time of this recording, I actually don't know yet what song she sang because I'm recording this before the video is actually out. But obviously by the time this episode comes out, we'll know what the song is. So as you can see, that is a lot of stuff that's happened. New songs that are leaking, Love Sucks Deluxe finally coming, Boys Lie Acoustic, Boys Lie Music Video, the Shania event, the star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So much exciting stuff has happened within just the span of like one month, basically. So where to begin with my thoughts on this? I think what I'll do first is I will share my thoughts on the leaked songs that we got. So starting with Lucky Ones, which was an outtake from Head Above Water. We previously only had a demo sung by Lauren Christie, and then we got Avril's version. I have to say when we had just Lauren's demo, I never even had listened to the full song just because it kind of didn't really interest me. And once we got Avril's version, I did listen all the way through. I have to say, it's not my favorite song. Like, I know a lot of people actually really liked this one, but for me, it just kind of dragged a little bit. Like, it was very slow and didn't really seem like something that Avril would have written. It almost seems like something that maybe Lauren wrote and then maybe Avril added a little bit to it. But I can kind of see why this one didn't make the record. To me, it was just a little bit kind of like cheesy. And honestly, I had a difficult time. The first time I played this all the way through and it kind of dragged for me, it felt like a chore listening to this song. It was just so slow and felt like it dragged on. So this one was not really a favorite of mine, but I know a lot of other people liked it. Then there's the duet with Chad Kroger, If I Said I Loved You. So I'm kind of conflicted about this song. Again, I think when listening to it, it's definitely like a cheesy love ballad and I'm kind of not a super fan of it. But I mean, I think it's a cute song for their wedding. And so I could see why they saved it for that. But I'm also kind of conflicted about it because I don't think this is something that we were ever really supposed to hear. They did talk about when they were still married, they did talk about eventually wanting to release it to the public. And then of course that never happened. And then they got divorced. So obviously they were never going to release it now. And it's a little bit awkward to me that, you know, somebody out there kind of obtained this song in some way, whether they bought it from somebody or traded for it or whatever, however they got their hands on it, but it was definitely not, you know, in a legal, ethical way. Somebody obtained this very personal song and leaked it for everybody to hear. And it's just so like weird and awkward because obviously they're not together anymore. And this is like a very personal song. Like this was their wedding song and they're not together anymore. So it's just kind of a weird thing. And I feel kind of funny like listening to it. So, I mean, I guess I'm kind of glad that we got to hear it because I was always so intrigued to be able to hear what their wedding song sounded like because they had talked about it quite a lot. And I was always curious. And then I thought once they got divorced, I'm like, well, there's no way we're ever going to hear this now. So like on the one hand, I'm like glad we we finally got to hear it, but I'm also like conflicted about it because it's not, I think clearly it's not something we were ever really supposed to hear. But even just aside from that musically, you know, I don't know how often I'll honestly listen to this one. It's definitely kind of like your typical cheesy love ballad. Then the next track is Fallen to the Sky, which some people have no idea whether it's from Let Go or Under My Skin. Like there's a debate about it because first of all, the person who wrote it with her is a guy named Rick Knowles and he's not, he doesn't appear in the writing credits of either Let Go or Under My Skin. So that doesn't really provide us with any indication of which album it was for. I think a lot of people are leaning more towards it being from Let Go because she sounds kind of young on it. But at the same time, 
her voice kind of sounds closer to how it was in Under My Skin. So it, I don't know if it's a very late let go edition or maybe it was a very early Under My Skin contribution. It's very hard to tell. To me, the writing, like yes, her voice sounds more Under My Skin-ish, but the writing is very underdeveloped. So I'd find it hard to believe that this was actually meant to be for Under My Skin. After she had like a year's worth of writing experience with professional songwriters, it just doesn't seem like something she would have come up with. Regardless of which album it's intended for, I think it's easy to see why it didn't make the cut of any album just because I think the writing is really underdeveloped and the chorus is very repetitive. I think it's just like it's an okay song. A lot of people surprisingly like this one, I guess because it's kind of catchy and like it kind of does get stuck in your head. But to be honest, it's not a favorite of mine and I can see why it didn't make the final cut of an album. Then that brings us to a lot of the Love Sucks leaks that we got. So before we only had mostly snippets of these songs and then we actually got the full tracks leaked. And to be honest, I think I talked about this a little bit in the last episode where we had Joker and Eternally that leaked in full. And I was like, okay, on the one hand, I like being able to hear all these songs, especially if it's possible that she was never going to release these. But at the same time, we don't know if these are going on the deluxe edition or not, or maybe she was going to save them for the next album or something. So it'll kind of suck if she puts all these songs on the deluxe edition or the next album and we've already heard them one of the tracks is hallelujah and i really like this one i talked about this in the last episode when we had just the snippet i really like her voice on it and like those vocal runs that she does because we don't typically hear her do those i feel like this would have been a good addition to the album and i think it would be a good addition for the deluxe as well California featuring Matsan. I really loved the snippet of this and the full version is even better. Like I can't even describe how much I love this song and I really hope that it is on the deluxe edition. Matsan has hinted many times that it should be released soon and I can't imagine that because it's a you know another duet between them and they're engaged and all that. I really can't imagine her passing up an opportunity to put this song out. So I really really hope that we are going to hear this one in some capacity but California I can understand why it didn't make Love Sucks because it is very similar. I think I said this already in the last episode, but it's very similar to Kiss Me Like the World is Ending in terms of like the topic and the sound. Like it's very much like a song about, you know, having a perfect day in Malibu with the one that you love kind of thing. So I can kind of see, you know, it might have been a little bit redundant and that's why I didn't make the record, but I do think it would be a very good addition to the deluxe. And I just can't describe how much I love this song, like the vibe that it gives off. It really just does encapsulate what it was written about, that it is a song about a perfect day in California, kind of like running down the beach and just having the time of your life. And especially that line when they say it was the best day I ever had. Like, I love that so much because I'm such a nostalgic person. And whenever I have those kinds of days where it's like, oh, my God, this was the best day ever, like to kind of capture that feeling in a song that every time you hear that song now, you're always going to remember that amazing day that you had. Like to me, as somebody who's a nostalgic, kind of emotional, sentimental person, I just absolutely love that idea. So California is easily my favorite out of this batch of songs. I really hope we're going to get to hear the official version of it somewhere soon. Another track that we got is called Rock Boyfriend, which we previously actually didn't know about. So supposedly it's a collaboration with Marshmallow. I think maybe he just did like the instrumental track maybe. And what's really interesting about this song is that it only seems like it has the chorus. There's no verses. It's just the instrumental. And then she goes into the chorus again. So this one's very strange. It's hard to know if this song is just like incomplete or maybe the version that we have is a demo. And so if this song was never completed, then that pretty much explains why it didn't make the album. For that reason, I doubt that it'll be on the deluxe edition either if it was literally never completed. I honestly don't have a big attachment to the song. I know a lot of people are really intrigued by it and they really like the chorus of it and stuff. 
to me, like, I guess it's kind of catchy and different, but I don't know. I always thought like the concept of the song, like just from the title and then the lyrics, like all I want is a rock boyfriend with the bright blue hair. To me, it kind of sounds like something that like a high school girl would write about her first boyfriend that plays in a rock band or something. It's just a little bit too cringy and too juvenile, like even for Avril. So I don't think we're ever going to hear like a completed version of this song. It just seems like all that exists is this chorus. And then the last track is Shut Up, which was another one that we did not know about previously. And this one we only have a snippet of right now. I honestly can't remember at the moment what it sounds like. So this one didn't really make much of an impact on me, honestly. So hard to say if it'll even be on the deluxe edition or not. So that is all the leaked tracks that we've gotten for now. Like I said, I'm a little concerned that we're getting so many leaked songs. Like, I don't think that we've ever gotten so many songs leaked within the span of a single year. So I don't know what's happened. Like, I don't know if somebody kind of like hacked into like the cloud at her record label or whatever happened. But even songs from other record labels, like other albums are also getting leaked. So it's hard to say what the heck is going on. But I really hope that like her team is aware or that they do something about it soon because I really don't want to see all these songs get leaked, especially if she's planning on using them, even though it's like, you know, I like being able to hear the songs, but at the same time, I'm a little concerned at how, you know, many songs are leaking. And I kind of hope that we don't get any more for a while, just so that it's like we still have something we can look forward to and genuinely be surprised by, you know? So moving away from all the leaked songs, the next thing I want to talk about is the Shania tribute. So this was a really cool event that Avril got to attend because obviously being in pop music, she attends pop shows, pop award shows and festivals and that kind of thing. She doesn't really go to country stuff. And what's interesting is that a lot of people probably don't know this. Her fans know this, but a lot of people probably don't know that Avril initially started as a country artist before she ever got famous. She literally sang Shania Twain songs around town. And she even, that famous story where she sang on stage with Shania when she was 14 before she ever even got a record deal. So this was a really cool full circle moment. And I imagine that's why Avril was asked to come and do this because of that connection that she has with Shania. But it was really cool that Avril got to, you know, all these years later, honor Shania with an award. And she sang the song No One Needs to Know, which is funny because years and years ago, there is a recording of it on YouTube somewhere you can, you know, search for it. There is a recording of Avril from probably about 1999, like somewhere like 1998, 99, 2000, something like that, of Avril singing No One Needs to Know. And even though the full show hasn't aired yet, it's going to air in September. But, you know, some audience members took clips of the show of Avril singing and she sounds nearly identical to how she sounded as a teenager. She sounded absolutely incredible. I know that pop rock is like her bread and butter, but country music suits her voice so, so well. I would absolutely love to see Avril do a country album one day. And I know that a lot of her fans actually kind of feel the same way. And what's interesting too, is that after Avril was done and Shania had received her award, she actually complimented Avril on how well she did. And she's like, you should have gone into country music. So it's like, she got the stamp of approval from like the queen of country herself. So yes, I think Avril needs to do a country album and it would be amazing if they did a collaboration someday as well. I also thought it was cool too that like the outfit that Avril wore was like this black and leopard print outfit that was kind of meant to be a tribute to Shania. So I thought that was really creative and clever as well. And it was just such a cool full circle moment that, you know, Avril grew up singing Shania songs. And when she was a teenager, she got to sing on stage with her. And now like 20 years later, she's getting to present Shania with an award as a peer. So I'm sure that was a really cool thing to experience for both of them. And I'm really excited to see Avril's full performance when it airs on TV because she sounded absolutely incredible. 
So the next major event that Avril attended was the MTV Video Music Awards, where she got to present the award for Best New Artist, which is another really cool full circle moment for her because that was the award that she won all the way back in 2002. And that was the first award of any kind that she had ever won. So I imagine, again, that's why they asked her to present that award specifically. But it was really cool to see her get to kind of pass the torch, so to speak, in a way to Dove Cameron, who was the person who won. You could just tell when Dove came up onto the stage to accept it, how genuinely happy Avril was to present her with that because she knows the meaning behind it, like how meaningful it can be and how impactful it is and how it can really change an artist's career when they get, you know, that type of recognition. And so you can kind of tell in a way she flashed back 20 years ago to like how much it meant to her when she won. And now she was getting to kind of pass the torch in a way and present that opportunity and that kind of recognition and kind of pass that along to the next generation of artists. Unfortunately, she did not win in her category. She was nominated for Best Alternative Video. Actually, she was nominated twice. She was nominated for her own song, Love It When You Hate Me with Black Bear. And then she was also nominated as a collaborator on Grow by Willow and Travis Barker. And sadly, even having two nominations in that category, she still lost. But it was a fan voted category, so it's impossible to know you know, if she had the votes or not. I'm really surprised she didn't win, honestly. Like, normally when it comes to award shows and Avril is nominated, usually I think I have pretty realistic expectations if she's going to win or not. But, you know, I thought because this was fan voted, I thought, you know, like everybody was voting and then there's the power voting and all that. I thought she had a really, really strong chance of winning considering that this was fan voted. But I'm really surprised that she didn't. Fan voted award shows are kind of sketchy. Like, Sometimes award shows claim to be fan voted, but then they end up just giving the award to whoever they want anyway. So it's hard to know. It's obviously impossible to know where her standing was in the votes and how many votes she had. So unfortunately, we'll never know, you know, if she really should have won or not. But I think it was awesome that she was nominated anyway, just because I think it's been a long time since she was even nominated. So it's just good to see like even 20 years into her career, she's still getting that kind of recognition anyway. The next thing I want to talk about is the deluxe edition of Love Sucks because we finally, after so many months after she first mentioned it, we finally got an update from her, at least a general update. We still don't have specifics on when it's going to come out or how many songs are going to be on it and that sort of thing. But we at least have some kind of time frame of when we can expect it. She said it's coming later this year. So maybe it might be like October, November, something like that. There's a lot of theories going around about the deluxe edition, like what we can expect, because she was recently in the studio with Tommy Prophet recording six new songs, which is a lot to do in one week. Now, whether we're going to hear all six of those, who knows? I'd find it kind of hard to believe that we would, because that's like half an album already. So I would find it kind of hard to believe that we would hear all six of those songs, but it's still really exciting that she's like already writing that much, even though she just put out an album earlier this year. So some people think that, you know, the deluxe edition might just be a standard deluxe edition where we have a few new tracks, possibly the ones that we've already heard, like, you know, Joker and California and stuff like that. And then maybe a couple of acoustic versions on it, like Bite Me and Boys Lie Acoustic, and then that's it. But then there are some people who think that it could be potentially almost like a Love Sucks Part 2, almost like a Folklore Evermore situation where it's an entire new album, but it's dubbed the Deluxe Edition because apparently that's what Blink-182 did. And obviously Travis Barker is in that band and he's the head of Avril's record label. So it's very possible that Travis could have discussed that idea with Avril and she was like, yeah, that sounds really cool. And I have all these songs that I'm just sitting on. She did say something interesting a while back on Spotify. She uploaded this clip of her saying something like, you know, I really love this album and I hope you'll get to hear the rest of it soon you know, something to that effect. It just got a lot of people thinking like that this might not be just your standard deluxe edition with like a few new tracks and that's it. Some people are thinking that we could potentially be getting like an entire new album basically. 
So we'll kind of just have to wait and see what happens, I guess. I think either way I'll be happy, but if we got like an entire new album, like basically another album's worth of songs that's still part of Love Sucks, I feel like that would just be... Because, you know, she hasn't done a proper deluxe edition for like a few albums now. And so I feel like this would make up for the lack of proper deluxe editions that we didn't get for the last few albums, honestly. The next thing to talk about is the Boys Lie music video, which we finally got after so many months of her talking about wanting to film it and all that. So first, actually, I'll talk about the acoustic version because I don't think any of us were expecting to get an acoustic remix of the song. And I'm really glad, first of all, that for the acoustic versions this era that she has been actually re-recording them. I think with Boys Lie, she didn't re-record the entire song like she did with Bite Me, but she did re-record a few parts here and there. And so I'm really glad that it's not just like a copy and paste of the vocals like we had with like Goodbye Lullaby and the self-titled. Anytime we got deluxe editions from those albums, it was like very clear that she didn't re-record the vocals. And I feel like that kind of took away from the impact of it so I'm really glad that this time around she is making an effort to like actually re-record them and make them like truly different sounding so I actually really liked the boys lie acoustic I thought her voice like the parts that are newly recorded I thought her voice sounded really good on them obviously MGK didn't re-record his parts so this one isn't like reimagined to the extent that bite me for example was so I think between the two bite me is definitely the better of the acoustic versions but I think it's still nice to just have this and I think it's becoming a lot more common as well for artists to have multiple versions or remixes of the same song to like increase streaming and all of that so I get why she did it and I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up on the deluxe edition of love sucks but do i like it more than the original version no but for an acoustic version i actually really like it a lot and then as for the music video itself it's dubbed a live video because it's basically a montage of footage from the tour and i know a lot of people were not really looking forward to this like i think a lot of people either thought it was going to be like an actual music video with newly recorded scenes and that there would be some kind of storyline going on between her and mgk to kind of illustrate the song but then there were other people like myself, I actually predicted that this was going to be a tour music video. I think just something about it really strongly hinted to me that it was going to be a tour montage because they toured together and they performed it together so many times it just made perfect sense to do it that way. And I actually really like it. I love tour montage videos like Taylor Swift has done a ton of them and they're always incredible. Avril has never done a tour montage video before. So I'm really happy and excited that she finally did do one. And this one was really well edited. Like I think a lot of people who had their doubts who were not super enthused about the idea of a tour montage video really really liked it like I haven't really seen any negative comments about it for me I've kind of been a little lukewarm on her music videos this era like not that they're bad but I think they just don't have the rewatchability of some of her past ones and so for me this one I think is easily my favorite video of the era so far and I would definitely rewatch this over and over again the editing was really well done there were so many fun moments that happened behind the scenes that we got to see and like her and MGK are such close friends it's really Really cool that it's almost like to me I kind of described it as being like a digital yearbook in a way of you know because she talked about having so much fun on this tour and she was with her friends and you could just see how much she would light up when she talked about them and she was like sad to be leaving them behind and I think it's a really cool kind of like collection of memories for her as well she described it in an interview as like going to summer camp and so that's kind of how I think of it it's almost like a summer camp yearbook kind of thing to remember her summer by like touring with her friends so that's got to be really cool and fun for her as well so yeah I really really loved this video a lot and then the biggest thing that we have to talk about obviously is the walk of fame ceremony Avril getting her star on the Hollywood walk of fame this was such an incredible moment for all of us fans but especially those of us who have stuck with her since day one for the last 20 years 
a lot of us were kids when she first debuted on the scene. I mean, so was she. She was a kid. We were all kids when she first debuted back in 2002. I was nine when White Go came out and I'm almost 30 now. So you can imagine sticking with an artist that long from, you know, your childhood all the way through your adulthood, like the most formative years of your life and going through a lot of changes in your life and having this artist kind of be there for all of it and their music being there for all of it. I thought MGK gave a really touching speech because he didn't just talk about her in the sense of how he knows her, like he knows her personally, obviously he's worked with her professionally, but he also talked about her from the standpoint of being a fan. He told this really sweet story about how she kind of helped him regain his passion for music that he felt like he had kind of lost because when you're an actual artist, sometimes you kind of forget, like you kind of get lost in all of the industry and the business side of it all. And you kind of forget the reason why you're doing it is because you love music. And even 20 years later, Avril keeps saying how much she loves music more than ever. And she loves being able to make music with her friends and people that get her and that she's having the most fun she's ever had. And I feel like that really comes across this era. And so I feel like he just echoed the sentiments of what every fan is thinking about, you know, how Avril's music touched us, how we connected with it. And even 20 years later, people are still connecting with it. And she's been such a huge influence on today's artists like Billie Eilish and Olivia Rodrigo and people like that. I think he just did a really good job of summarizing our thoughts about what Avril's music means to us and what she means to us and what she means to music and to pop culture because without her, I think things would have just been so different without an Avril Lavigne there. So Avril getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, it's something that she's always wanted to achieve and I think you could tell how proud she was to get that kind of recognition. A star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame is a permanent fixture of her legacy in music. Like, it's never going to go away. They're never going to remove it or anything like that. Anybody, whether it's now or 20 years or 50 years from now, somebody who goes down to that Walk of Fame and sees that star, they're going to see it forever. It's like her legacy is cemented forever. And so that's a really gratifying thing for us as fans. Like, you know, we as fans have always known for the last 20 years how, you know, great she is, her music, her impact. We've always known that she's an icon and now everybody else gets to know it too. And everybody else is finally recognizing that too. And she's getting this kind of long overdue recognition that frankly, she should have gotten a long time ago. I watched the live stream yesterday of the whole proceedings with the speeches and the unveiling and then her speech. And I had tears in my eyes so many times just because I think I can safely speak for everybody when I say that we're all so proud of her and following her for this long. And like I said, all of us started as kids with her and it feels like we've grown up with her. And it was really rewarding to see her get this huge achievement, this huge accomplishment And to have people recognize her in the way that we've always recognized her. And then, of course, in true Avril fashion, she had to have like a throwback moment where she brought along the same exact hoodie that she wore the first time that she visited the Walk of Fame and she recreated the photo and everything. I thought that was just so cool and so iconic and just made the moment extra special that she did that. It's just, again, like another full circle moment and obviously perfectly coincides with the 20th release of her debut album. And I got to imagine she just feels so proud that she accomplished that and that, you know, she said many times in her speech when she was first at the Hollywood Walk of Fame and she was looking at all those stars, she never imagined that she was going to get one of her own one day. And it's like, wow, if, you know, she could go back and tell her 16 year old self, hey, like 20 years from now, you're going to have a star here. It's just so wild to think of. 
it's really just a testament to how hard she works and how dedicated she was to music and how many sacrifices she had to make in order to, you know, get to this level and 20 years later to still be doing it and to still be as passionate about music as ever really just shows how deserving she is of it and how much she appreciates it. So I think it's safe to say alongside releasing a new album and celebrating the 20th anniversary of Let Go this year, this has to be easily the biggest highlight of the year, not only for us, but also for her as well. I think MGK said it best when he said, just thank you for being Avril Lavigne. (laughs) So again, such a cool moment to be a part of, even if most of us could only watch it via live stream. I forgot to mention too that a couple of members from Band-Aids got to be there, Shrifa and Adam, who have known Avril for a very long time and met her at several events. And so I know it was probably super exciting for them, but also really meaningful to Avril to have not just her family and friends there, but even like some of her most dedicated fans there to celebrate such a huge moment in her career with her too. And, you know, once again, I think I can safely speak for all of us when I say that we're all so, so proud of her and what she's accomplished in these last 20 years. And of course, I think we're all excited to see what she accomplishes in the next 20. So speaking of what's coming up next, next Avril is going to be heading to South America for some tour dates plus Rock in Rio, which I don't think she has ever played before. So that'll be very exciting. And I know that she has a lot of fans in South America that are very, very anxious to go and see her and that they're all going to have an amazing time at Rock in Rio. Everyone's very excited for that. I'm really curious to see if she's going to be changing it up at all from what she's been playing. With all of that, it's been such a whirlwind trying to keep up with everything, but it's all really good stuff and so exciting. This whole year, honestly, has been super incredible for us as Avril fans, like the 20th anniversary of her year in music and the Hollywood Walk of Fame, the Skater Boy film and all of that. Like, there's just so much exciting stuff that's been happening and more exciting stuff to come. And this year has just been so good to us. And I hope that it continues well into the next year. And I don't think any of us as fans could have ever predicted we'd get a year like this. And I think everything that's happened this year has been more than any of us could have ever imagined, probably Avril included. So there's been lots of exciting stuff happening so far and more exciting stuff to come. And there's just so much to look forward to with the upcoming tour dates and the deluxe album on the way. And I think most importantly too, Avril just seems happier than ever, surrounded by really good people that she considers friends. And honestly, everything that's happened to her so far this year with releasing the new album, finding this close circle of friends that she feels really musically get her and everything that she has achieved or been awarded with this year, she just really deserves it. So with all that, we can now finally wrap up this edition of the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can be the first to know when a new episode drops. And don't forget to leave a rating or review as well. We're currently streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Audible. Join me again next time on the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast. The Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by Andre DeFrancesco. Theme music is HD and Lights by J. Powell Flicks. Follow the latest podcast news on Instagram at Best Damn Avril Pod or email Best Damn Avril Pod at yahoo.com.